let's bow our heads and pray first. Lord Jesus, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be here. Holy Spirit, come. And uh, I absolutely believe that you want us to be zesty. Not, uh, not a hype, not a, a force, not a, not a fake zesty, but your Spirit flowing through us that we would have an abundant, we have joy, we have peace, we have all these things in the Lord. So I pray that your, your, my words would be your words and speak through me. In Jesus' precious name we all say, amen. amen. All right, so the aspect that we're looking at uh, for the zesty life uh, is this, is that you would live an honorable life. That you would live an honorable life, that your life is worthy of honor. Um, and last time we talked about the zesty life, Pastor Carl taught about, and you probably don't remember, because you weren't listening. What kind of people are you now? Uh, it, was, it was about three weeks ago, so it was a while back. He was talking about having a passion for people. How many of you guys remember that, right? That we should have a passion for people, that we should look at people, that we should love them, and compassion should uh, just lead us to do something about it, tell them about Jesus or help them out or whatever it is. We should have a passion. But I really believe if we really have a passion for people, it should translate in the way we live our lives. Are you hearing me? I mean, it should, it should translate in the way we carry ourselves and the way we do things and the way we, we post on Facebook. Anybody with me? Come on. Right? Uh, it, it should translate in that we, when people look at us, that, that they go, wow, that's an honorable life. And actually, they, they would like to and they want, they want our lives. People should want our lives. And I'm not talking about the worldly view of people wanting lives like, you know, it's like, ooh, man, I really love his car. I want that car. If you looked at my car, you wouldn't want my car. Trust me. But there's people out there, and I'm sure people in our church, you guys have some pretty cool cars out there, right? Or maybe, maybe they love the way you dress. Like, oh, yeah, I love the way you dress. I want, I want his clothes. Or I want his look. Or I want her look. Oh, man, she's really pretty. Or he's got muscles, and, and you want that kind of life. That's the worldly view, right? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that. Someone looks at you and says, you know what? I want the wisdom that he has. I want that joy that she has. I want that something, even though they're not that rich, they live like they're wealthy because they're rich. They're content with life. Are you hearing me? That we have so, the spirit of, of the Lord flowing through us so much that people go, whoa, wait a minute, what's going on? I need that and I want that. Uh, tell me how to get it. And that's an honorable life. And God is calling us. And the, the most amazing thing is, is, um, that, that's what Jesus called us to do, actually, if you really, really think about it. In Paul, uh, in, in Paul, there's no book of Paul. There's 1 Corinthians, though. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 11. Um, he wrote, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Okay? So imitate me as I imitate Christ. How many of you guys have kids out there? All right? And how many can know that your kids imitate you, right? I have young ones. They're two years old. And they imitate. My little boy, when I dance, he dances. And I like to dance a lot. I'm just like, yeah, come on, boy, let's do this. And he's just like, whatever he does, right? And he imitates the, the words that I say, and so now I have to watch my mouth. Um, just being honest, right? I have to watch my mouth so that he doesn't imitate what I say. And the most amazing thing is we come on Friday nights, and uh, we like to, you know, sometimes we have the kids, and they don't want to go in the nursery, so we have to sit in the kids' zone, which is great. But during worship, I get out of the kids' zone. Mm -mm. I ain't saying in the kid zone. I'm going out. Into the, so I take my kids out, and we're in the back, and we're worshiping, and I'm dancing the Lord, and I'm raising my hand. And there was one Friday night, I'm just like praising the Lord. And I looked down at my son Judah, and he's like dancing, and then he, was, he raised his hands. And I'm like, that's my boy! He's just raising hands. I know he doesn't know why he's raising his hands, but he's copying me. He's imitating me as I imitate Christ. 
And you know what I have? I have a disciple. My son is a disciple of me, which means he imitates me. He's following me. And isn't that what God told us all to do? Isn't that the Great Commission? The Great Commission is not just for you pastors or you mini church shepherds or you leaders. The Great Commission is for every follower of Jesus Christ. And what, the, what is the Great Commission? Uh, go into the nations and make disciples. Make followers. Make imitators of you. And so here's my question for you. It's a big question. Is your life worth imitating? Is your life worth following? If someone looks at it, are they, will they follow your example? Whether you speak to them on a daily basis or they're watching you from afar. The way you treat your parents or you treat your spouse or your kids. The way you run your businesses. The way you deal with money. The way you walk around with a smile or not a smile. Because we can actually have negative followers, right? It's like, I'm going to follow his negative example then. But are you, are you, is your life worth imitating and following. And the most amazing thing is, in this church, I am proud to say that there are many people in this church that are not on staff that are worth following. Would you guys agree? And look around the room. There's some great people in this room. They're worth imitating. I know I'm pastor and I'm speaking, uh, you know, on the stage here and, you know, whatever it is. And, but you know what? Whether you know it or not, I look at many of you and I follow your example. I follow your boldness for Jesus Christ. You know, there's two, two Marines in my mini church, and I just admire their, their you know, because I work, I work with, I sit next to Tammy all day. <laughs> I get prayer and hugs and, you know, swarm smiles. These guys work in the trenches, and they, they, they have people ridicule their faith. I look up to them, whether they know it or not. I look up to them like, wow, you guys, they did their Daniel fast in front of them. They got teased for eating nuts and berries and figs and whatever it was, <laughs> you know, they got teased. And I was like, man, I'm so proud of you guys. Man, that is awesome. There's parents in here that I want to be a father just like you guys, you, the way you raise your kids. There's ex great examples in this church, wouldn't you say? Yeah. But let's be honest here. <laughs> we all, I don't think anyone excluded here, we all have done less than honorable things in this life, haven't we? <laughs> Okay, by your reaction, I'm the only one. Okay. <laughs> um, and here's one. I'm gonna actually, con it's confession time. It's Tom, it's Pastor Tom confession time. It's every time I come up here, I confess a sin in my life. <laughs> uh, and here's, here's one thing that happened a while ago. And uh, I, okay, just, just hold your reaction. I know it's kind of bad. In a period of like six to eight months, uh, uh, I got like four speeding tickets. Oh, good. You, you're not that surprised. Oh, awesome. Thank you. The other, the other sir was like, oh, fire him. He is a heathen. How, how can he preach the word of God? Thank you. That wasn't that bad. You must be all speeders. You guys must be all like pretty bad. And so in a period, a, literally a short period of time, I literally got four speeding tickets. And literally one of the most embarrassing things, come on, is to get a speeding ticket. Why? Because you know everyone's laughing at you because I'm laughing at them. I'm going, ah, you know, they're passing you, you know, you know we pass them by, ah, it wasn't me, and I'm speeding, look at me, ah, <laughs> you know, and whatever it is. And uh, it's embarrassing. You know what's more embarrassing than getting a speeding ticket? is being a pastor and getting a speeding ticket. <laughs> I promise you, because why? Because what's the question the policeman always asks? What's your job and where do you work? You, you don't have to tell them that you're a Christian. You can hide that fact. 
You don't have to do that. I'm like, I work at, a, I'm a garbage man. You can say that, but when they say, hey, where do you work, uh, Mr. Landes? I work at Hope Chapel, Kaneohe Bay. <laughs> oh, what do you do there? I'm, and seriously, I am not joking, lies, going, okay, what, what can I say? I am a secretary, I am, the, I am the landscaper, I am the, and then I have to say, I'm a pastor. And that is embarrassing. <laughs> that is embarrassing. Why? Because I, I'm a poor example of, what, of, of, of a pastor. I am not following the laws of the land. That is a poor example. And the way, and it's embarrassing, but it's more, more than that. I don't want my example to get in the way of some, someone coming to Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? My example should not keep anybody from Jesus. Actually, there's a good quote from C.S. Lewis, the great uh, writer of uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but he, great, he wrote some great Christian books as well. Um, he wrote this, When we Christians behave badly or fail to behave well, we are making Christianity unbelievable to the outside world. And I, I don't want to be someone like that. I don't want my example uh, to, to make the, the, the uh, Christ unbelievable to the world. I want my example, my honorable life, to make Jesus way believable. Are you hearing me? Actually, I want them to look at my life and go, I want, I want the same Jesus that you have. I want that. And we're not perfect. And I'm not saying... Well, uh, that we're, we should be perfect. But actually, I have another question. Do you have buts in your life? I'll explain. You look a little confused. Um, if someone asks about you, and I'm assuming that every person here is a pretty good person, that you're a great person, that you have, you know, you're in church, you're trying to make it better of your life. But would they say this? Yeah, she's a really great person, but... Is there something that in your life that you know that there's a but if something said something about you? He's really great, but he's a little prideful. She's really great, but she's really critical and negative. He's a great guy, but sometimes he has a bad attitude. She's really great, but she's, she has really bad uh, uh, business ethics. Are you hearing me? And, there's, there, I, and I don't have to go down the list because I think we all know what our buts are, don't we? And can we, all, can we all agree that we all have butts? <laughs> we do. <laughs> but literally, we do. We have the butts in our life. That's like, yeah, you're right. There's a little bit. And, and I'm, like I said before, I'm not, please don't come to church and go, oh, we have to be perfect Christians here. And we got to have no butts. And we're just like, you know, holy people. And you know what? We are in a process with Jesus Christ by, by his grace. Come on, we are masterpieces, but we're in a process. So praise the Lord for that. But don't you think that if we actually... Uh, be honest with our weaknesses. If we are honest with our weaknesses and, and where we struggle with, then you know what? Can't we do something about it? Can't we choose differently? Sometimes we can't, but I think a lot of times we can. Like for the, you know, the speeding thing. On the fourth ticket, I finally decided to do something about it. <laughs> it took me a while. <laughs> I'm a slow learner, and I decided, you know what, I, I got to figure out why I speed. I wasn't intentionally trying to speed. I just I figured out why. And so, so I changed my driving habits. And what did I do? A novel idea. Look at the speed limit. <laughs> and know what that speed limit is. Oh, okay, I'm in the residential area. 55 is not good. Okay. <laughs> um, the other thing I decided to do was look how fast I was driving. I decided to do that. And so 
constantly now, and I, 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 have to, I have to come on, you gotta be proud of me. I haven't got a ticket in like, this is when I first got married and that was like five years ago. And so I'm pre- I've been pretty good. Th- thank you, <laughs> thank you. Um, so I've been pretty good. And uh, one thing I realized what makes me speed was I love listening to music in my car. And every, anytime there's like rocking worship or like there's a really good song in, song going, my, my foot gets heavier. I'm just, I realize when it's like super rocking, I'm like, I'm rocking my foot. I'm like, yeah, you know, and it just, so I, every time some, a good song comes on, I have to like, okay, remind myself, like, okay, get your foot off the gas and just, you know, just rock with your hands. And, um, and I did something about it. Can't we do something? For example, if we have a negative and critical spirit, there's the one thing that we can choose and that's joy. We can choose joy. It's not, it's not something like you don't know what I'm going through. You don't understand me. We can, we can really choose that. And so once we find what we're, we're weak at, and, and the Holy Spirit, the most amazing thing, can come and, and help us with that. Amen? But let's turn to Romans, since that's where we're getting inspiration from. Let's turn to Romans 12. And this is where the Apostle Paul is... Uh, Man, this, this scripture, I think, is, is one of these scriptures that we, we, we kind of skip over. But these 11 scriptures I'm going to read to you are so chock full of what an honorable life looks like. I mean, you might even get overwhelmed by listening to this because like, oh man, it might hit you a little bit hard. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I got to do that. Oh yeah, I better get better at that. And, but this is, I mean, Paul just went for it in these, these verses. So I'm going to read it. Romans 12 verse 10 starts off. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you and don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who, are, who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. And instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Now that's a powerful verse right there, right? And it, yeah, come on. And it, it's one of those, like, it's practical. It's like, Here's what you do. Here's how you live an honorable life. And so, um, so what I'm going to do, and I know it's a lot, I'm going to break down, I want to I look at every single action that Paul's um, really giving us uh, advice to do, how to live an honorable life. And so I want to start off with the first one. First one is love each other. Now that's a simple one because in church, we know that, right? You got to love God and you got to love others, right? That's bottom line. That's what, what, what Jesus said. That's what it says throughout the Bible. Love God and love others. But I like the, the angle he took here. He says, love each other with what? Genuine affection. Genuine affection. You know what that says to me? Don't be fake. Don't let your love be fake. I've seen a lot of fake love. Any, 
Any, any Frozen fans out there? I'm sorry. I'm like, I, I am Frozen crazy. I can't help it. My kids are driving me crazy with Frozen. But, I mean, I, I don't want to give the movie away, but Hans, man. That guy was a fake. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go see the movie. Don't be like Hans. Don't be a fake. Don't, don't act like you love somebody and really, really don't. And here's the thing about, you know, I mean, here's one thing we really know how to do, right? Especially on Easter Sunday when there's like a lot of people. How many guys know? I mean, don't raise your hand. We, we, put on, we, put on, we put on the church face. Anybody know the church face? It's like, hey, what's up, brother? You cut me off on the way over here, but hey, I love you, bro. I'll get you later, right? I'll see you on the road, right? You can get it right now, you know, whatever. Um, we put on like, you know, or we saw somebody like, oh man, he's in church. Oh man, I really didn't like him. Uh, you know, and we have fake love and, and, and really we're called to truly, authentically love each other. And that takes sacrifice. That takes putting down our own pride. Are you hearing me? That takes going deeper than just, hi, I love you, brother. That's why we have mini church. Mini church is a great tool because why? You actually get to go get into people's lives in depth. In mini church, we have, which are small groups, meet in homes or at Starbucks or whatever. You get to actually get into people and go, hey, how you doing? And of course, the patent answer, we're doing great. But a good mini church shepherd would go, how you really doing? Oh, not doing so good, you know. And you can get into people's lives, not to, not to snoop or to get nosy, but you go, you know, what's, what's really going on? How can I help you? How can I support you? Actually, how can I give you some tough love right now? Are you hearing me? That we actually would go a step further than that. And actually, this is kind of the beginning of the scripture. And um, so actually, he kind of tells you, how do we truly love each other with genuine affection? And the next one he does is uh, he says this. He says, uh, how to be an, uh, live an honorable life, how to have a life worth imitating is to take the light in honoring each other. Take delight in honoring each other. I like the way he puts this because um, I like to take delight in things. How many guys uh, took, uh, 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 did the Daniel fast with us? Okay, awesome, awesome. Was it a good, good experience for you guys? Okay, not too much responses. Okay. Um, you know what? I love the day and actually the night for me because I, I waited till 12 o'clock to eat something. The, the day the Daniel fast ended, which means free to eat anything you want. And so at 12 o'clock, at 12.20, I'm going, ooh, Daniel Fast is done. I went right to the kitchen. I'm like going, what am I going to eat first? What am I going to eat first? What is going to be good? And you know, I saw Oreos. <laughs> Oreos. And I knew I was, I, you know, I, I was like kind of famished. I didn't have a lot of protein. I knew this was going to make me sick. I didn't care. I saw the Oreos. I got a big gallon of milk. And I'm just like, and I just dipped. I'm like, I'm, I was delighting in the Oreos. Just like, oh, oh. It was like, come on. And I know some of you guys at 12 o'clock at night were doing it with me. Come on, right? And we were just so enjoying our first meal off of the Daniel Fast, which we were, you know, we weren't eating meats and dairies and whatever it is. And I was delighting in it. What Paul is saying here is delight. What do you delight in? Honoring each other. Which really enjoy it. Really savor the fact that you get to encourage people. We should be encouragers. Not just me, not just a few people, not, not a few people with a gift of encouragement. We all should be encouragers. 
which means we see giftings in people and we actually compliment people. And don't be fake. I'm not talking about being fake or flattering people. I'm talking about being real. But you know what? If you see something, someone do something, you'll, man, or a gift in someone, or, or they did something, encourage them, lift them up. Because what you're doing, you're lifting them up in, in their giftings, and maybe that's where God is talented to do, and they're going to get better at it. Are you hearing me? We should be encouraged. I wouldn't be here as a pastor if I didn't have incredible leaders, incredible friends while I was growing up that just said little things to me like, dude, you can do it. You can lead a mini church. You, 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 have, you have really good charisma. You can, you can talk in front of people. You know what? You're pretty good at guitar. You can lead worship. I know you're only 15, but you can lead worship. And it was my leaders that pushed me, not with like, you go do this, boy. Do, do work for the Lord. What do they do? They encouraged me. Are you hearing me? They actually, they, they pushed me with kind words going, I, I, I want to lift you up. And, and, and the most amazing thing is, is we become, you know, people that, that if people see true gifting in our lives, we, we actually step into it. And we encourage people. We should always delight in honoring and encouraging each other. Uh, the next one, the next point he, uh, he makes to, make an, uh, to, be, uh, to live an honorable life is don't be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Now, I know a few things about being lazy. And so I'm, I'm talking from experience here. Um, laziness, kind of, if you agree with me, isn't laziness one of the most selfish things you can do? Because laziness is all about you. It's all about Calgon, take me away. It's all about Oreo time. Woo, yeah, right? And if you see something, someone doing something or a need that needs to be filled or a project that needs to happen or a friend that needs help moving, you want to be lazy because you want, it's like, nope, this is all about me. And I really think that what Paul is saying here, and, and he's saying, of course, don't be lazy, pretty obvious. But he's saying, don't be selfish. Don't, don't, don't think just about yourself. Think outside of yourself. And so, and then he adds this, which I think is great. You know what? Work hard. Obviously, that's the opposite of being lazy. But do serve the Lord enthusiastically. And I think what fights me from being lazy and what God wants me to do is that I'm actually doing it for Him. And that actually puts zest in my bones. That puts enthusiasm because if I'm doing it for the Lord, then He's worth doing it for. Amen? You know, uh, we, had, we had Easter, and we had, we had a great Easter this weekend, last weekend, right? And there was a lot of work. There was a lot of volunteers. Uh, Trevor, them, and the band made this beautiful stage. I mean, the parking attendant. You know, I want to give everybody who actually did a part in, in making Easter services, I want to give you a hand right now. Come on. And we worked really hard. And I want to tell you, on Wednesday before Easter, there was a lot of grumpy people around here. Why? Because we were stressed out and things weren't working out. And we're just like, mm, I don't know, whatever it is. And then the weekend comes and we put on the church face, like, hey, how you guys doing? Right? And we're stressed out inside. But you know what? It was, it, it, all that hard work and all that, that, that effort was so worth it. Why? Because it was for Jesus Christ. It was worth it because 66 people decided to follow Jesus that weekend. It was all worth it. For God, and He gives us the enthusiasm. So that should fight your laziness to live an honorable life. The next, next one is this. This might seem like a simple one, one, but I think it's a huge one, is rejoice in our confident hope. Rejoice in, 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 our, in our confident hope. I think so many times, uh, here's something that I think is, is not that honorable, is to have a negative and critical spirit. 
that we're always criticizing something. They're always negative about it, right? It's like, oh man, it's really sunny, but it's going to rain eventually. <laughs> you know? You know the Debbie Downers in your life? I'm sorry if your name is Debbie. Um, <laughs> the negative Nancys. <laughs> why, why isn't there a, a guy version of that? Oh, I don't know. A bummer Bob. Nice. Okay. Um, I just thought about that. <laughs> right? If you're a bummer Bob. You know what? God didn't call us to have a negative or critical spirit. Yes, there's things that we should be critical about that give positive criticism. I'm all about that. But there's so many people that are just negative, right? Like, what are your posts on Facebook look like? What do you, how do you act when you're at work rather than church? Church, you can be happy. How, how are you in another place when people are, aren't, as neg- aren't as positive and it kind of rubs off on you? Are you that negative person? Well, you know what it says here? Rejoice in our confident hope. And I like this because it's saying, you know what? No matter what circumstance, no matter where you are, you always have the confident hope in Jesus Christ. And that should always give you joy, right? Rejoice is, is to rejoy yourself. Are you hearing me? And, and, and we always have that because of Jesus Christ. He died for us. You know, in Philippians, Paul said, rejoice. Oh, oh, you didn't hear me the first time? Again, I say rejoice. He's making a point here. This is something important. Have joy in your life. Like I said before, we can always choose joy. Right? We don't have to pray for it. Lord Jesus, can you? Whatever it is, we can choose it. And actually, we can choose the negativity as well. Choose the other way. Rejoice in our confident hope. The next one is be patient in trouble. Oh, I better hurry up here. Um, I'm like, okay, I got to hurry up. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Uh, you know what I love about this is that um, I see so many examples in our church. Have any seen examples in our church of people going through trials and they, they went through the trial honorably because they made it through, they cling, clung to the Lord and they're on the other side rejoicing God. And that's an honorable life, that you be patient in trouble, that you be praying. Uh, the next one is that you're eager to practice hospitality that you would open your home, that you would give up all of your resources, that you would give your last piece of bacon to somebody. I know bacon's hard to give up. I don't want to. <laughs> that you would have a hospitable spirit. Um, that is honorable, isn't it? Isn't that worth imitating? Is, is, is people who are hospitable. My, my, my dad is I want to be as hospitable as my dad. And he always trumps me because he's, he's way more hospitable than I've ever been. Um, but he's my example that I live up to. Um, be ready to help those in need. And what that really means is that you're looking for a need to fill. I think a lot of us is like, keep your blinders on and just walk this life and oh, oh, ignore him. Be ready, uh, be ready to help those in need means you actually keep your eyes open to, to see a need and then guess what? The next step is to fill it, right? That's honorable. Um, the next one is, is be happy with those who are happy. And I know that means... That, that sounds kind of simple to you, but come on, let's be honest here. How many guys have heard good news and that a little jealousy and envy pops in and you're just like, oh, really great for you. <laughs> oh, wow, you found a home I've been looking for two years, you jerk. <laughs> you know, that, um, that we be really happy and that we resist envy and jealousy and that we go, you know what, I'm going to be really happy for you because the Lord's blessing you. Maybe the Lord's saying you need more than I do. Come on, yeah. right? Um, weep with those who weep. Um, this is a big one because I think as Christians, we'd like to, we'd like to throw in the, the cliches. You, you just got to trust in the Lord. We see someone down in the dumps. You got to trust in the Lord. And that's all right. And sometimes that's good to say. 
But sometimes I think it's very necessary that we are sensitive to their needs and that we come beside them and that we weep and cry with them. That's necessary too, don't you think? That we actually be the shoulder that they're crying upon. That we don't, we don't just, come on, just buck up. Sometimes we got to do that. But it says here, weep with those who weep. That's honorable. That's worth imitating. Um, I, I kind of lumped two together. It says, live in harmony. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Now here's my translation of these two things. Don't stir up unnecessary drama. <laughs> come on. That's worth taking note right there. Don't <laughs> stir up unnecessary drama. And there's necessary drama in our lives that we need to take care of, correct? That we need to call people on it or we need to say, why did you do this? And we just got to get it out and then you're, you know, hug it out, whatever it is. But there is so much unnecessary drama out there, isn't there? Because of gossip and talk and backbiting and we want to pit two people together and we're just like, yeah, I can have it. And we're just, we want to be the instigator, whatever it is. Don't stir up unnecessary drama. Don't be that person. Be someone that is a peacemaker. Live in harmony and do everything you can to live in peace with everyone. Um, the next one is, is don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Don't be too proud to think, oh, okay, I've been in church. I've been in Hope Chapel for 10 years. You only go for two years? Man, I'm in the 10 years club. <laughs> you know? And there is no 10 years club. I'm sorry. We all in here to encourage each other. And we should all, don't be too proud. Uh, you know who I see this in a lot? How many guys have ever been a youth leader or are currently a youth leader that work with junior hires and high schoolers? Come on, let's give you, come on, let's give you a hand. Come on. <laughs> give them a hand. This is, they're incredible. Why? Because these are grown adults willing to, to meet with junior hires who I think are the most selfish people on the face of this earth. <laughs> Trust me, I was a junior high pastor. Why? And it's not their fault. It's because they're going through puberty. And they're going through all this stuff and they're just like selfish. They think of themselves. But then you have a leader that's going, you know what? I'm going to come beside you and encourage you. I'm not, I'm going to come down. I'm not going to talk down to you. Oh, you better grow up. I'm going to talk up to you. Because you know, one day you might actually be better than I am. You actually might do greater things than I do. One of the people I, I, I had the privilege of encouraging was Trevor. I was, I taught him a little bit of guitar. And I remember I asked him, hey, do you know how to sing? And at this moment, right now, he plays guitar and sings way better than I do. What a jerk. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't do these things. He does it better than I do. But I, I had the privilege of actually encouraging him while he was in junior high to do that. And it wasn't just all me, but I'm just saying, man, and look what, it, what happened. He's like, wow, it's so, it's so cool to see him lead us in worship, isn't it? And that we should, we should you know, it's, don't be too proud to... to to mingle with those who are like, oh, you're brand new in the faith and whatever it is, you, you know him, you know Jesus for a long time, mix, mingle, do all that. Uh, one, one thing kind of related to that is the next one is don't think you know it all. Don't raise your hand, any know-it-alls out there? I know, I know you want to say right now that you know it all because you know-it-alls love to talk because they want to share their knowledge. And that's the thing about know-it-alls. Don't be a know-it-all. And what that says to me is, is sometimes we need to, Shut our mouths and listen. Because know-it-alls just want to talk and, and spout their knowledge, which is, in, 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 uh, in, you know, of course, you're listening to me, spout my knowledge, right? Um, sometimes it's appropriate, but there's so many times that we need to shut up and actually listen to people. 
in my mini church, one of my biggest joys when I come to mini church is not me. You know, I'm Pastor Tom, so if you're in my mini church, it's like, what a privilege. I get to listen to the knowledge spewed by Pastor Tom. You know what I love about mini church is that we all get to share. You know, this, this Wednesday, you know what we did? I asked one question, and it turned into like a two-hour conversation. I said, how did the Daniel fast go? How did it go by, you know, you not eating meat and dairy and all that? And are you guys close to the Lord? And people were just sharing, like, oh, my gosh, it was such an incredible experience. I'm close to the Lord now. I prayed my, for myself, and I got healed. And like, I can't believe this. And it was so good. And it was so incredible. Just so, so people are sharing their lives. Know-it-alls. Allow people to talk. You know, allow them to, to allow yourself to l learn how to listen. Okay, I better hurry up here. Um, let's see. There's a couple more. Um, the next one is, do things in such a way that everyone can see you're honorable. Now, this one seems a little simple because that's what we're talking about, right? Living an honorable life. But the main word I think in this one is, is do everything in such a way that everyone can see. I think the main word is see here. Because, you know, we, we want to live an honorable life, but we don't want to live it in secret. Why? Not for our own glory or not for our own fame, not for people to go, man, you're really honorable. We want people to see what we're doing so that we can point to Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? So that they can go, whoa, what's going on here? And we can give people a glimpse of our Lord Jesus. And so we should live our lives in front of people so that they can see the honorable things that we do. And, and this is kind of a, a stepping on, on toes kind of a time where it's like, uh, is everything that we do honorable? You know, do you pay your taxes? Do you have good uh, business practices? Do you treat everyone with love and respect? Do you listen to your boss? Ooh, sorry. Do you, do you respect and submit to authority? the government. And I'm not talking just my own opinion here because in Romans 13, Paul goes into this whole list of, hey, you know what? 13.1, everyone must submit to the governing authorities. Romans 13.7, render to all men their dues, right? Taxes, honor your boss, honor the authority. Romans 13.13, 13. Uh, don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling or jealousy. Don't cause unnecessary drama. Live your life in front of people that goes, you know what? That's an honorable life. And I know, like I said, we're in a process, praise God. Right? We live, we live in, under the grace of the Lord, but work at it. Get better at it. Um, the last one here is, uh, I, and I, I lumped three of them together, is bless those who persecute you. Wow, that's a hard one. Never pay back evil with more evil and never take revenge. I mean, this is all about someone hurt us. Someone did something wrong to us, and we want to we pay back. And the Lord, and, and, and Paul is saying here, don't do that. Never, never, a bless, actually, you know what? Bless those who persecute you. Never pay back evil with more evil. Never take revenge. And I know those are extremes. Like, Man, that guy really deserves it. And maybe they do. But here's Paul's alternative, and I like Paul's alternative. It says, instead, you know what you should do? Leave that to the righteous anger of God. Is our God big? Yes. Does our God know everything? Yes. Is our God powerful? Yes. Can he take care of every single circumstance in our lives? Well, then what? You know what? Leave, leave your revenge to the righteous anger of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
You know, what his right, you know what his righteous anger drove him to do? Send Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us. That's what his righteous anger drove him to do. Sacrifice his own son. Now that's a, that's a God I can leave my anger to, my revenge to. And he closes with this. He says, but conquer evil by doing good. I made it through the list, guys. All right. Now I know, and, and this, is, this is the power of the word of God. I know that my, some of you are sitting here like, man, that's a lot, Tom. And you know what? I'm, I, I got a lot of things to work on on that list. It could be overwhelming. And um, one thing is I don't want to overwhelm you. I just wanted to share the word of God with you. I want you to live an honorable life. And so if you're feeling overwhelmed, then really, seriously, our walk with Jesus Christ is not about things that we do and do not do. Amen? It's about our relationship with Jesus. And that's, that's the bottom line. That's the one thing you should focus on. So here's my one piece of advice. If you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling like, man, that's a whole bunch of things that I, I want to do and I can't do and whatever it is. And I got to fix my life and I got to stop speeding and I got to pay my taxes. Oh, man, I hate you, Tom. Why, you tell, why did you tell me that? You know, um, I want to give you one piece of advice is an honorable life. If you truly want to live an honorable life, honor Jesus. Yeah. If you want to live an honorable life, your first order of, of business should first honor Jesus. Worship him. Give him the honor that is due him. And you know what? I really believe if you really do that well, everything else will fall into place. Your honorable life would fall into place. You will stop speeding. <laughs> Listening to your boss would come easier. Having joy instead of negativity would come easier. Uh, there's a movie called, uh, not The Miracle, but it's Miracle. Anybody saw Miracle, the hockey movie? Yeah. Anybody watch movies here? You know, remember the USA beat Russia in the Olympics? And it was like an improbable thing because it was just a ragtag USA team. And they beat the kings of hockey, Russia. It was a true story, but they made a movie called uh, Miracle. And um, there was one instance when the USA hockey team, uh, before the Olympics, went, uh, uh, they lost the game. And after the game, the coach was like, man, you guys didn't have any heart. You, you guys don't want to work for the team. You guys don't want to work for, for this. And so he made them do drills. And I remember one line, he just yelled at the players. And he said, you know what? The name on the front is way more important than the name on the back. And if you know anything about sports and jerseys, what's, what's the name on the front? USA. And what's the name on the back? It's the personal team guy, right? It's like Landeza, right? That'll be, right? And so the name on the back, the name on the front is way more important than the name on the back. And what he's saying is, don't do it for yourself. Don't do it for your own fame. Do it for the team. Do it for your team members. Do it for the coach. Do it for your country. Do it, do it for something bigger than yourself. And the point I want to make here is, as Jesus Christ followers, you know who we play for? We play for Jesus Christ. He is on our front. He's on the front of our jersey. We are his ambassadors. We are his reflection. And living an honorable life is not saying, oh, I see how honorable life is, Mr. Landeza. No way. The name on the front is way more important than the name on the back. Because I want to reflect Jesus Christ. And if you remember that, I think you're on good track. You're on a good track. Amen? All right. Yeah. Bow our heads and pray. 
Lord Jesus, I want to thank you so much that we have the honor and privilege of being your reflection, of being your hands and feet in this world. What a great, incredible thing to be. Lord, that you didn't, you didn't just choose to do everything by yourself and go, I can save this world by myself, which you did. You died for us, but you allow us to be in this world to be your hands and feet and to share your heart with people. Lord, Lord, help us. Lord, if, if we're feeling a little bit like, man, that was a heavy word and there's things that we get to work in our lives that we have to work on our, on our lives. Lord, I pray that you would help us. I pray your Holy Spirit come and fill in the spots in this room where we are weak, where we struggle with, whether it's how we treat our spouses or our kids or how we deal with financial things or how we run our business or even if I'm just known as Mr. Grumpy out there or even the stuff that we post on Facebook, Lord. I pray that you would help us how to be more honorable and ultimately because of that, more people will come to you, that we would actually have followers and imitators of our lives as we follow and imitate you. I want to pray one more prayer. I want to make sure everyone here is a Christian, is a follower of Jesus. So I'm going to say a prayer in a couple minutes. And what this prayer is, is if you've never done it before, is to tell Jesus that you believe in him, that you acknowledge that he died on the cross for you, which that's what he did. 2,000 years ago, he put himself on the cross to bear our sins so that we can be forgiven and become ch children of the Lord. He did that for us. Three days later, he rose again from the grave. He died and he rose back to life. And now he is seated uh, with the Lord as King of all kings and Lord of all lords. And all this prayer is, is acknowledging that fact that Jesus is your Savior and your Lord. And in that moment, you become born again, a follower of Jesus Christ. If you want that, or maybe you've done this earlier, but you didn't really follow through with it. You weren't really walking with the Lord as close as you wanted to. And maybe you're coming back to church after Easter. You're like, you know what? I want to make, make a, a new amends here. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus Christ. Well, uh, this prayer is for you as well. So if it's maybe a first-time dedication or a rededication, I want to pray with, pray with you right now. I'm going to say a prayer in a minute or so, but I'm going to count to three first. And I want you to tell me that you're going to be praying with me. And by um, really simply, all I ask is that when I count to three, that you would raise your hand. And by raising your hand, you're saying, Pastor Tom, I want to dedicate or rededicate my life to Jesus Christ. I want to follow him. I want to give my life because I believe he died on the cross for me. And I believe that he rose again from the grave. And that, that um, I want to make him my Lord and my Savior. So here we go. I'm going to count to three. Just raise your hand. Shoot, me, shoot it up. And just let me know that you want to pray with me. Here we go. One, two, three. Anybody here? Just shoot your hand up real high. We got one, we got two, we got three. Anybody else? Awesome. We got four. Incredible. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Anybody else want to give their lives to the Lord right now? To say, Jesus, I believe in what you did. Thank you. Oh, thank you for even having the boldness to raise your hand right now. Um, put your hands down and just follow this prayer like it's your own. So like under your breath right now, just pray with me. Lord Jesus, I declare you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe you died on the cross for me so long ago to forgive my sins, so forgive me. Lord, I believe 
that three days later you rose from the grave, you resurrected by your power. And because of that, I am raised to new life in you. I believe that. And so because of all of that, I follow you today. I give you my life. I'm not sure what that looks like, but I, I offer my life to you. I make you my Lord and my Savior, and thank you for being my friend. In Jesus' precious name we all say, amen. amen. Let's give those people a hand.